Hi, it's Vanita. Listen, we would love to hear from you with feedback. Let us know if we have been a help in making your day a little bit brighter. We want to make a difference one episode at a time. So check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And as a bonus, we are now on YouTube. So make sure you subscribe to our channel. We can personally be reached at kitchenislandtea at gmail.com and would love to hear from you with topic and guest suggestions. So in the meantime, continue listening to this episode and take care of yourself. Ciao. And we are back at the island and we are still celebrating National Poetry Month. And y'all, we have a very, very, very special guest with us at the island today. I'm so excited. It's been a long time since we've had a male on here, y'all. Yes. And a handsome one at that. Hey. Check us out on YouTube, y'all. Y'all can see us. <laughs> exactly. Make sure you come to YouTube. So anyway, without further ado, I would like to introduce to you, he is a jack of all trades. He does it all. He's going to tell us a little bit about himself. His name is Fernando Rover. Let's give him a big welcome. How's it going? Thank you for having me. It's good to see you. And and thank you for taking time out of your schedule to hang out with us at the island. Yes. Sure, and, absolutely. Yes. And so you were brought to our attention by our own Beverly. Um, Beverly, you want to tell us how that came about? Well, I asked a friend of a friend and they said, this is the man that you want to have when you observe National Poetry Month, Fernando Rover. And so if you read his bio, you know that he's he's a scholar. He's uh, into music. He's into theater. He's into art. Uh, and I'm going to let you say some things about yourself. Just tell us who Fernando Rover is. Sure. Um, so, yeah, my name is Fernando Rover. I am born and raised in San Antonio. Um, okay. And I like to call myself an artist and my trades are uh, poetry, performance and photography. So I like all different types of storytelling. And uh, I've been doing poetry now for about seven years now. So it's just been, it kind of was a happy accident. I kind of fell into it. I really didn't choose it. It chose me. And it's really good. You know, it's really, it's been a great experience. And, you know, I, I've been, I've written a lot and I've experienced a lot. And it's always good to, to observe National Poetry Month because it's a, a celebration of not just, well, it's, it's a celebration of poets past and future, you know, which, yes. which is always really good. Awesome. Okay. So, so my question was going to be, and I think you kind of answered it, but maybe not. So you started writing poetry, you said seven years ago. Is that correct? That's correct. Oh, but you do you write music also? I don't write music yet, but I will I will say that I've, I've gotten the, the bug to kind of, you know, uh, pursue it because I feel like poetry and music are very intertwined. They're very like they're kind of like distant cousins, mm -hmm. if you will. So, I mean, 
you know, I definitely, I, I, I'm not, I'm not a stranger to like loving music. So I think that's the first step. So yeah, I think definitely that is definitely something in the future for sure. So how okay. did you know that was a gift that you had that, you know, writing some people, you know, you just don't pick up a pencil or a pen and just start writing think, Oh yeah, I'm good at this. And, and I'm, you know, or is it just, you had something to say and you wanted to express it. So my, you know, my, I discovered my gift from writing for writing at a very early age. And it really came from my gift of imagination. When I was younger, when I was, mm. when I was about five years old, I had a really, really, really active imagination and a really advanced imagination for my age. Like I was very uh, content with like sitting outside and daydreaming and I could literally daydream an entire scene in my head and play it out and, and just really like, you know, have a dialogue going on. I mean, yeah, I really had a very, very, very active imagination. Wow. Because I was I was shy as well growing up. I had a really so it was kind of interesting. I had a I had a really bad speech impediment, so I was very shy. Mm. I I was not I, I read below reading level at this age and then I was not good at math. So I kind of really wasn't in my in my mind an, an ideal student, but I was very creative and I was very expressive. And I think that kind of made up for what I thought I was lacking. And so that kind of is what got me through like, you know, like those times where I didn't feel like I really belong anywhere. Like if I, if I didn't fit into a place in the world, I can just make one up in my own head, which kind of has been I my, love it. Yeah. my calling card since then. And then, so I, I discovered that I had a knack for it at five years old. So everybody has giftings. I was not good at English. <laughs> <laughs> You're the math lady. I was. I was good at English and math. I wish. Me too. I wish I was good at English. I did not like writing. I still don't like writing. They have us doing technical articles now, and I'm like, yuck. I love (laughs) writing. I love writing. Okay, take it. Can't stand it. And I have a book that I've written. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) (laughs) How did did you become an author and don't like writing? That's crazy. Oh, oh my God. That was the hardest thing because God was like, hey, I need you to pin this. Just write this out for me. (laughs) And I was like, God, you got to tell me, you know, I hate doing this. (laughs) (laughs) Took me a long time to pin that 12 chapters. Trust me, it was painful. (laughs) I know the feeling. (laughs) So I want to ask you, what genre of writing do you like the most and what type do you like the least? So it's kind of funny. My favorite I really enjoy is ironically poetry. And I say ironically because it wasn't the genre I started in originally. So when I was in high school, I started in fiction. And then again, mm. like I said, poetry chose me. Um, I just like the I like the minimalism of it. Like, you know, how you can like use as many words or as little words as possible and tell the story. Mm-hmm. Like you can have like a four line poem and it'd be, and it'd be impactful. You can have like a 10 line poem and it can be impactful. Mm. And it doesn't matter how many th- things there are. Like if it's impactful, it's impactful. So I like that. I like the freedom you can have in, with poetry that you don't always have in other genres. And I would say the least, and only because I haven't had a lot of experience, I wouldn't say I, I wouldn't like it, but I would say I just haven't had a lot of experience, is um, probably nonfiction. You know, I, I haven't really explored it a lot, and I kind of am attracted to literature and to writing that's very imaginative and very creative. And so sometimes, you know, when we're when you're writing something or you're reading something that is very much based in fact and based in you know, theory, mm-hmm and things like that you know there's not a lot of room for creativity or imagination so i would say probably the least would be nonfiction. wow 
Well, I'm going to ask you a question and move you back to poetry. Okay. So I've heard you say that poetry is the language of the everyday. So could you share with us what that really means and why you say that? Sure. I sure can. Um, so I like to, where that, that, that quote came from is I like to look at poetry as the like architecture of language. Um, I like to look at it as, you know, your it's language of intention. You know, we all have, we all have stories in us, mm -hmm. right? We all have stories that we tell, whether it's, you know, stories we tell from our parents tell us and then we tell our children or stories that you heard from, you know, your, your neighbor or your childhood friend or things like that. These are all stories that become a part of you as you, as you progress in life. And, you know, for me, poetry is a language of the everyday because it's so much, there's so many parts of it that make it the everyday, you know, like I'm myself and I, I, I probably could, say i could speak for many other poets when when i say that we find um, inspiration from the everyday i mean from you know i i like to be a i like to call myself a, a an observer right and a people watcher so like you know i'll be watching like you know a son or, or a, a father you know picking up his son from school or like how they interact and things like that and i can really come up with a metaphor or a poem because of that you know, so I would say, you know, poetry is the language of the everyday because there are everyday occurrences as people, as Black people. Those are our stories. Those are our, you know, our poetic lines and, and what makes up our stories. So that's where that book comes from. Almost like, like rap artists when they rap, you know, that's them, you know, doing poetry with music, um, exactly. you know, telling their story. Exactly. And, mm -hmm. and exactly. And that's really where also that came from is that, you know, mm -hmm. it, it a lot, poetry gives us a platform to talk about our experiences in other ways that perhaps other platforms don't. That is very true, which is why I was asking about music and, you know, I feel like rappers are poets. I really do. They are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do. Um, I'm always telling my husband that I'm a poet and he doesn't know it, but you know, <laughs> that's my little point you right there. That's my point. You obviously don't either. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to delete that statement out. Okay. I'm going to delete that out. <laughs> so Fernando, um, we know that you are an author of three books of poetry and you have received the 2019 best indie book award for Poetry and two Literary Titan Awards in 2020 and 2022. So how have these awards affected your work and writing going forward? Well, that's a good question. Um, I would say there's been a positive and a negative effect to it. Um, I okay. would say, oops, I would say that um, positively, it's been great because um, it's wonderful to have to, it's wonderful for your work to receive accolades, right? You know, um, and to be recognized and it's it feels great, you know, and it gives you a lot of exposure because one of the greatest things that the organizations like the Best New Book Award organization and Literary Titan Award offer is it's more than just a trophy or, a, or an emblem on your book. Like they actually share your book on their social media channels. They do a review for you and they post it on 
their channels, they give you a copy to you share on your stuff, you know, they give you extra stuff. And I would say negatively because I think that we are our own worst enemy in, in every medium, but, but I think as artists, it's even worse, even worse. And so when you have two or three back-to-back books that have been highly critically acclaimed, you know, you kind of get a little bit antsy when you're when you're working on the next one and you're like wondering like, okay, is this gonna out like is this is this gonna outdo the other three? And at least you know, you do kinda, it kinda, now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and what I've learned is to not focus on that, you know, and not really give that any any light. Um, I've learned that if it's genuine, if it's authentic, you know, it's already a bestseller in my opinion. So I would say, yeah, it's been it's been great. It's 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 impacted me in ways where like again, I feel like I have credibility and I feel like that, you know, for the best any book for the best any book award I got in twenty nineteen. I was the first one. I remember um, when they told me about the that I won. I was uh, and it was great and everything. And they asked me to send in my um, my headshot and my you know my bio and everything. And they posted it and they didn't share my my, my picture. You know, and so, I, <laughs> and so I emailed them and I said, "Hey, like um, I really think I think you guys should share the photos because it's important that people see." That a person that that a writer of color, a male writer of color, has mm-hmm. won this award because it because it'll it, it just makes sense. I mean, yeah, I mean, we all know why I, I said that, but yeah, I just think for for diversity reasons and for and for representation reasons, it was the right thing to do, and they did it. You know, they 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 shared it, which which I'm very happy about. Um, good, but yeah, good. that was the first one, and ever since then, there's so the one after me was black, and the one after him was black so you know i i just think wow. that i kind of feel like i'm kind of like the first to kind of like you know kind of kick, kind of kick the door open and then like people have walked in after me so yeah i i definitely think that it's it's much bigger than just me and my work that it actually has kicked off you know a again i was the first one in that category they hadn't had a, a poetry category award before me so i felt like special in that in that regard you know, first off, being a black male who expresses his emotions is in its is in its own is in its own way revolutionary because we're not taught that growing up. So to get up on a stage and do it in front of people is a challenge in and of its own. And there is a way, I mean, there is like a mainstream in poetry. I mean, oftentimes, you know, like love and you know, different type of mainstream topics are often you know the the common theme which is very important and is very much needed but what grasped me to poetry was i wanted to talk about things that were not popular and were kind of sort of forbidden and like so like that's why a lot of my topics are like mental health and you know gentrification and social justice and you know things like that because i feel like you don't see a lot of at least young men my age talking about that kind of stuff in a in a poetic setting and so at first it was kind of it was kind of a challenge because again you want to kind of be in the in crowd you kind of want to be like on the same footing as everybody else but then you know i've always been different my entire my entire life so it's no it's no surprise that you know i ended up kind of charting a different path than you know, my contemporaries mm, good i i hope you continue to to be yourself and not worry about the the, the naysayers I want to say to Fernando that 
we've gotten to know the man. And this has been the best part of it, but we know why we invited you here. And that's so that you could share your poetry. So we want you to share with us now. Definitely. So I actually have my book here, Maverick. All this right. Is my, this is my third book, Maverick. This is the one that won the 2022 Literary Titan Award. Um, and it's, I wrote it during COVID. So, I mean, I, mm. it, was a two, it was a two-year project. And a lot of the poems in here tackle, again, a lot of thoughts on, like, on gentrification and, and anxiety and, you know, things like that. So um, this first poem I'm going to read was inspired by one of my favorite poets, and that's Maya Angelou. Mm. And I remember I was, it was a, it was a particular unfortunate day. Um, it was during the pandemic, and I think it was around the time that George Floyd was, was murdered. Mm. And, you know, I remember asking my friend this very poignant question, and I remember I posted it um, on Facebook, and I got a lot of responses from it. And it actually is the first line in the poem, um, because it is a question, like, although poignant, it's like, it's a question I'm, I'm literally asking, you know. So this poem right now is called um, Enemy of the State. Hmm. Does my Blackness offend you? Does it make you realize that the words land of the free and home of the brave has been nothing but lies. I am standing in history's corridor, tired of treading tight ropes used to hang my brothers and sisters like strange fruit from trees. I'm staring down the walls of lost time at portraits of unfamiliar faces banished to the margins of the text, preserving hollow milestones and unintended legacies. Don't pick me out from the corner of your eye to place me at the bottom of your shoe. Don't blind me with your fading torch of liberty. I was simply wading troubled waters to reach a land promised to me, a land of opportunity and domestic tranquility as it was made on that September 16th day. I am ringing freedom's bell, welcoming my brothers and sisters of the night home. I broke every chain and escaped the ivory tower to reach a promised land owed to me. Does my blackness intimidate you? Does it make you question every history lesson, misconception and transgression at the hands of your people on my people? When you wrote, we the people, you meant your, your people. You were dancing in the streets of, on July 4th. I was simply not allowed to celebrate. I watched from behind the gate. Does my blackness upset you? Does it make you uncomfortable? Are you mad because it's untouchable and dang near indestructible? I have been beaten, tripped, kicked, tricked, pressed on and stepped on. Million dollar businesses and social systems have been built on my back. I am the metropolis with streets paid for and by black people. I am Black Wall Street. You tried to burn me down, break my windows, eradicate me from existence, but it is through persistence and resistance that I am here. Through centuries of darkness and fear, I am here. And that was Enemy of the State. Oh, wow. Love it. Awesome. So how can people get your books? Are they on Amazon? Yes, ma'am. They're on Amazon. Um, Enemy of the State. 
yeah, all three of them are on Amazon. And then also you can follow me on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Fernando Rover Jr. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, with Enemy of the State, like I said, I was inspired by um, by Maya Angelou. Um, of course, um, Still I Rise, you know, the, the poem. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I heard a little bit of that in there. Though. Yeah, yes. so yeah. the rhythm... <laughs> The rhythm was inspired by Solar Rise, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and the reason why is because, um, like I said, George Floyd had just been murdered, and you know it was a very dark time and mm-hmm. very sad time for our nation, but for us as Black people, um, it was a trigger. It was mm-hmm. trigger. It was triggering. Mm-hmm. And I literally asked another friend of mine who was African American, and I said, you know, does my blackness intimidate you? Like, does my blackness offend you? You know what I mean? And I, I, I literally said it out loud. I posted it on Facebook. And I got a lot of like responses, like like likes and dislikes and this and all that. And you know, but again, it's a poignant question, but it's still a question. Like, does my blackness offend you? Like, like does it scare you? Because it mm-hmm. feels like we're in this 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 bad nightmare where you know people like shoot us first and ask questions later, um, mm-hmm. and all because of our all because of our skin color. And so that poem was really kind of born out of that like that question of like wanting to know like you know is like does it really affect you or does it really offend you but also like to express that that frustration that we have every time we see someone who looked like us um unfortunately get get, get gunned down so does your books come in audible also you know they don't come in audible but i've been uh i've been told many many times that i should do audiobooks yes. and so I am actually um, looking into um, doing that actually so when you publish with Amazon you're actually able to convert your books into mm-hmm. audible so that is something I'm going to be pursuing um, in the near in the near future because that's excellent because that. that's what I do is listen to yeah. it via audible so do I. Yes. and I've started to do the audible and my neighbors mm-hmm. do audible so I want to be sure that they get to hear you so I only do audible <laughs> <laughs> all right awesome Yes. Wow. This has been great. This has been great, Fernando. And like I said earlier, we so appreciate you coming to the island and hanging out with us. This has been awesome. A learning experience. I so enjoyed your reading. I can't wait to read it again. That portion. That was, um, yeah, I liked it a lot. So we we had vocab on once, and I know you're familiar with her. And just like what I said to her, I'm going to say to you, I feel like my soul has been to the spa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, wow. Thank you. You blessed us. You blessed us. Yes. And I'm just excited. I'm so happy we had an opportunity to meet you and for you to share with our listeners. Because we have listeners. Yeah. Vanita will tell you, we have listeners all over. And we're just happy that people in South Africa, people in, what is it, Denmark, people in the USA, we're in um, 30, 30 foreign countries. Um, we have listeners, wow. not to mention the United States. So congratulations. That, that's, 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 that's a testament to we're you all. <laughs> yeah, we're trying. We're just trying to make a difference one episode at a time in someone's life. And I so appreciate you coming on because I know just the reading of your poem and your story is going to inspire someone, a young writer, to keep writing. Um, yes. Someone that doesn't write to go ahead and start writing and putting their feelings down on paper. So I do appreciate you coming on 
I know you had a work thing going on, but you still sacrificed time for yeah. us. And that no, does not okay. go unnoticed. And we truly appreciate you. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. Thank you. So come back to see us. Will you promise? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. That sounds awesome. So you hang in there and keep writing, okay? I will. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening. 